She had cried so many tears that in her heart her hope was almost gone. Then the healer came to town. She pressed her way through the crowd. When she touched his clothes, that's when he turned Jenny. Beautiful, isn't it? Who touched me? And if I ask every person who is here tonight, who touched you and changed your life, what will be the answer? Amen. Amen. Jesus still touches people and changes their lives. That's my message today. And uh, I uh, debated what should I speak today and I have 
you know, a couple of things thinking of. But what really won is the story of a man that came to Jesus of old and how God changed his life. Amen? May God change many lives here today. And uh, before I read the Bible, I want to read you a little story I read lately. On a highway seven miles west of Green Bay, Wisconsin, a 25-year-old man, his name David Hustetler of Salt Lake City, killed himself after leaving a note saying his car stalled in the frigid weather and no motorist would stop to help him. I have been waiting 11 hours for someone to stop, said the note found next to his body. I can't stand the cold any longer. And they just kept passing by. Long time ago, a blind beggar on the wayside, that reminds me of myself, called upon one who never failed to heal him, who never failed to disregard him, who never failed to disregard anyone who pleads for him. He never fails someone to say, to say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. What occurred is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Let's turn to Mark chapter 10. Verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he, Jesus, was going out from Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet, to shut up. But he began crying out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. And they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, arise, He's calling for you. And casting aside 
his clock, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and began following Jesus on the road. Let's pray. Father, this is your message, not mine. This is your word, not the speaker. May it be applied to our hearts today. May we hear the voice, your voice saying, what do you want me to do for you? And respond positively. Bless us in Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. The story is known by probably most of us. After reading the comment of Bill McDonald on this, which he says, if you don't know the man, he's one of a great men of God who lived amongst us and wrote many books and the commentary on the Bible. He said it was a good thing that Bartimaeus sought the Lord that day because the Savior never passed that way again. The story of this young beggar is the story of each and every one of us. That's why I said it reminds me of myself. And I want you to look differently today at this man and uh, in brief at the successive things that happened in his life that changed his life completely. First of all, it says, a blind beggar. Verse 46, a blind beggar, and the Bible gives us his name. It's not a fiction story. It's not a parable. It's something that happened, a blind beggar. And the beggars used to sit at the gate of little towns or cities because of old, cities had like a certain wall around them and there's a gate, you, get, you go into the city. Jerusalem was gated and we know that Jericho was well gated before Joshua, Joshua just destroyed every wall in it. And it was then rebuilt. And this blind beggar was directed to sit at the gate to ask for alms. So any passerby 
would come, and if they have it, some compassion that we heard of last week, in their hearts, they'll give him something. And many people would pass by and not even look at him. But that was his life. What an exciting life, isn't it? Day after day after day, he was sitting as a blind beggar. First of all, his condition. Would you say, was it a happy condition? No, it's a sad condition. Do you agree with me? He is blind, poor, miserable, hopeless, and utterly helpless. May God not let any person go through blindness. It's total darkness. And you will not be able to move or go anywhere unless someone takes you by their hand and leads you. This is the case, I believe, of each and every one of us before we came to Jesus. Do you agree with that? Do you agree? I'm not trying to, to uh, put anything in your mouth, but just think of yourself before you experience the Lord Jesus Christ. What a life you had. What a life I had. I had a life of misery. I didn't care for anything at all. When I was in this condition, I was seeking, oh, how can I be joyful? How can I be happy? How can I enjoy my life? And I did not enjoy my life until I came to Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive me of my sins. And then, and then I started living. And I believe this is the story of each and every person who was first a sinner, then became, after meeting Jesus Christ, the son of David, a sinner saved by grace. He was in need of Christ. He heard about him. He knew about him because he called him by name. He knew about him and he said, but I have no idea how I can get to him. No one would take me there. I don't know whether he's going to pass by anymore. I don't know whether I'm going to see him. And he was living in perplexity. At the end of the day, if he had, if he had a house, if he had a place to live, someone would direct him and take him back. All he struggled to go back and sleep on a makeshift bed. And next day, the same old story again. Isn't that the story of sinners like us before Jesus Christ came to our lives? Such a monotonous life. Oh, we get excited about a certain event that's happening. So many people, when I used to work in the, in the workplace, so many people used to be excited about Friday. Friday, we have something going. Why? We can go out, we can get drunk. I heard that many times. We can have this, we can have that. I can sleep in on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they come in, they said, well, it was so disappointed. So disappointing, nothing new. And they 
got up, not even able to move their heads because of the hangover and whatever happens in their lives. We know that, don't we? We know that, and this is the man. This is his condition. Until he turned to Jesus. Until. Sad condition. The second thing, he was conscious of his need. He was conscious of his need. You came to church today. I came to church today. I said, Lord, I want a new blessing. You came to church not because you want to please anyone. You came to church not because you wanted to just say, okay, I, well, I can say, uh, uh, Lord Jesus, I gave you one hour of my time. No, you came to church today because there is a need in your, your heart. And let me say this, and you know it. You know it. You didn't come by chance. And this man, he was in conscious need. And he knew what is going to, to heal him. Can you believe that? And so many people, when we talk to them about Jesus Christ, they know the fact that Jesus can change their life. And yet, they say, no, thank you. Now, this man, because he expressed it by his cry for mercy. He was living, as we said, in total darkness. He was dependent on others for pity and for compassion to guide him and lead him from one place to another. He sat defeated, dispirited, lamenting his condition. And you know what? He gave up on any earthly solution. Any. Don't you think they took him to doctors? Physicians at that time? Physicians saw him. His, uh, if he had any relatives, they took him. Uh, we know someone who can, who can heal you. We know this and that who can help you. Didn't he try all the things under the sun that he could have tried, that this earth can afford? Yet, he was still blind, sitting at the gate of Jericho. We've tried so many things before Jesus came to our lives. You've tried so many things before you experienced that change in your life. And let me ask you honestly, sit down honestly, and ask yourself this question. Did the world have any solutions to my sins? Can one person forgive a sin? Only Jesus Christ is the forgiver. Only Jesus Christ. He couldn't get anything. And if there were any voodoo doctors, he, he would have tried them. He would have tried everything. But he was so, so disappointed that he sat uh, waiting for that son of David. As we said, he was conscious of his need. If I were to ask you, what was his need? Blind. I need to be able to see. 
And ask today someone without Christ. They say, what's your need? I said, well, I'm in need. I tell you what I'm in need of. I'm in need of to make money. I was talking to someone. He said, well, what's, what's, your, what's your goal? What, what's your immediate need? He says, not, I have no immediate need. I, my job is good, but I want to be a millionaire by the age of 35. It's easy to become a millionaire. Yeah. Then I met him later in life. At 40 or 45, he still was still not yet a millionaire. What's your need? To get married, have children. That's good to know. But what's the most important need in your life? Is to meet Jesus Christ, in my opinion. You need to have an audience with him. And he knew that. He knew his need. And guess what? My third point. He was ready for a blessing. He was ready. You didn't have to beg him. You didn't have to lead him. If you're sitting today on your seat and you know, you know deep in yourself, you are not a safe person yet. You are in need of Jesus Christ. Do not. Do not listen to the devil saying, well, you need for something else now. You need to a, a great vacation. You need to go to Europe. You need to go here and there. You need, a, if you're not married, you, I need a wife. Forget what the devil is whispering in your ear. What you need at this right moment, if you haven't been saved, is Jesus Christ, the son of David. Do you realize that? I beg you not to sit and turn your deaf ears to that. You need a savior. <coughs> you need Jesus himself. He was ready as soon as he had the chance. He first, he came to Jesus. What was his chance? He heard people whispering. He heard people shouting. He has people discussing things. He had people communicating. He says, Jesus is passing by. And actually, he was leaving Jericho. He wasn't coming to Jericho. He was going up on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified and die for your sins and mine. And that was the last opportunity for him. And he says, if I don't do anything about it, if I don't grab this opportunity, I am going to end up a blind beggar at the gate of Jericho. Period. Period. <clears throat> he heard and he knew about Jesus performing, performing miracles. He knew that he healed many people and many blind people too. But he never got there. And he never met with Jesus. And he thought that this is my opportunity and he is passing by. Oh, what a word. Remembering he is passing by and he might not pass this 
gate again. Do you realize we are living in the last days? Do you realize that evil is taking over the whole world? Not the United States only, but the whole world. If you think we have it bad here, I, I beg of you to just study a little bit about Europe, the Middle East, the Far East. Anywhere in this world, there is no, nothing going right in this world. And especially the believers say, okay, we are living in the last moments before the Lord's coming. I believe that. I believe that. I encourage the believers, I encourage you all to live as if Jesus is coming today. And to live and preach the gospel and try to win people for Jesus Christ because, because this is why I'm talking about this man today. I might not have, we might not have the opportunity to get that good news of Jesus Christ to save people anymore. He is passing by, and Jesus is passing by today. He is passing by you, young ladies, young man. You're sitting here with your children, with your wife. People, Jesus is passing by. And when he passes by, do you feel comfortable that you are one of his children? And if you don't feel comfortable that you are, grab the opportunity. This young man here, he was ready for a blessing. He grabbed the opportunity and he started shouting. He started shouting and he started screaming. And he, as I said, he must have thought, I have, this is my last chance. And the, my, the other point, he seized the moment. He grabbed the moment. He grabbed this moment. Jesus is passing by. Take this opportunity. Golden opportunity. You might not have it again. You might not see the, uh, this opportunity again. You might not hear about Jesus again. If Jesus comes now or later on today, you might not hear it. Where will you be? Let me ask you. Will you be saying, Lord, amen, come now, or wait until I get married? Wait until I meet this wonderful man? Or wait, I'm not yet saved. You know that you need to give him your life? And it's not a matter of changing religion. People say when we talk to them, says, do you want me to change my religion? I was talking to someone, he says, I was born Catholic and I'm going to die Catholic. I said, that's fine. I have no problem. But are you saved? Amen. It's not changing religion. You don't need to change being Catholic. You need to change your heart. You need to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hearts, our sinful heart needs to be changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not in registering that he was born evangelical. Evangel like being an evangelical is not going to take me to heaven. Amen. Being a Presbyterian is not going to take him to heaven. The change that is needed is a change of heart. 
It's a change in future. It's a change in belief. This man was a Jewish man. Great and fine and wonderful. But he knew that he needed a savior. And Jesus, when he talked to him, he didn't say, well, you need to go and uh, uh, observe all the Ten Commandments. No. He told him, your faith has healed you. As we said, he was ready for a blessing. And my other point, he was courageous. He was courageous. The crowd rebuked him. Don't bother the master. Didn't we see it before at many occasions? Don't disturb him. He doesn't need to be disturbed. Well, he heard. He heard Jesus passing by, and I have no other chance, and I'm a blind man. I need to have my eyes open. He had faith. No one did. No one could. No one will except one person, Jesus Christ. And he who opened the eyes of your hearts and mine can open the hearts of those people who cannot see Jesus Christ today. And of course, there's, there, there are many hindrances. When you want to come to Jesus, there'll be many hindrances. Number one, Satan would like, to, would like you to think of something else. Right? What am I going to cook? What am I going to eat? Where are we going after? after and, uh, you missed it. Right? And he had, he had a hindrance. He had a little robe. A clock, he says. He had one. He was wrapped in it. He says, how can I walk? How can I walk with this? I want to wrap it. He just left it behind. He just left it behind. I don't care for it. I'm going to meet someone who's going to open my eyes. He didn't want his clock to hinder his progress. And let me ask you a question. What is hindering you from coming to Jesus? What is it? I don't want to be recognized as a, a believer. What is wrong with the word believer? What is hindering you? I don't want to be uh, known like these, these people. I'm okay. Well, is your self-righteousness hindering you? That's the clock, maybe, of self-righteousness. Pride, if I may say that. Shame of being called a true Christian believer. Are you ashamed that you will be called a Christian believer? Did you forget what Jesus said? He who is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of him before my Father who is in heaven. Take pride of being a Christian Christians take pride of being a believer. Take pride of being a member of the family of God. This is the only family that's going to persist in the world. Take pride. And we thank God of the reputation of every believer today. Believers, Christians who are born again, they don't steal. They are not fraudulent. They don't lie. They don't have anything to do, anything against the governments and authorities that we have. 
we obey the rules and we live as true citizens in, in this world. Take pride and be courageous. He says, hush to everyone. They were shut. Shut up. He said, I'm not. It's Jesus. And I'm going to continue until he hears my voice. If you're here this afternoon and you've been looking for a solution to your life, I offer you Jesus Christ. Another thing I studied about this man, he had a simple faith. Do you think you have to go and study theology to understand Jesus Christ, understand his love? He came to us and lived like us in all simplicity. He even worked in carpentry so he can be one, one like us. Do you have to have, do you, have, do you think he's complicated? No, he wants you to come simply like this young man, he believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Period. He was the son of David. Yeah. How, so, so, many, so many people, you talk to them about salvation, they want to discuss with you the philosophy of the Bible. Forget that one. I am not a philosopher. And I give me Jesus in simplicity. He came to us in a simple form. If you accept me, you become a member of the family of God. I don't need to go to Webster to define that for me. He came in a simple faith. And that this son of David could give him sight. Fait accompli, finished, done. I did not come to interrogate where he came from, what is he, whether he's God, whether, what's the difference between Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. These people, they want to deviate. They want us to start discussing theology with you. They know nothing about it and they're not qualified. But the devil puts it in their hearts. So they cannot see the true Jesus who died on the cross to set you free. And take your blindness away until you go your way. He listened to stories about him. He knew he did miracles. He couldn't get to him. That's all. And he believed all this. And he was asking himself, how can I meet Jesus? How? Well, I have news for you. We meet Jesus every time we come to church to worship him. Because he says, I am here before you. Where two or three are gathered together, there I shall be in their midst. He's here. He's here. Sit still. And I hope you realize your need today and take him as your savior. And suddenly, suddenly, those people who were trying to shut him down and rebuke him and said, listen, listen, listen. They turned around. You see, this is the nature of a human. When Jesus said, call him. Call him. Let me tell you one thing. 
there is not one single person under this sun that who called on Jesus' name and Jesus denied him to come. Put that in your heart forever. Well, I am too, I'm a great sinner. Jesus will not even accept me. Wrong. I am from another religion. Jesus will not accept me. He is, he is saving Muslims now. He is saving Hindus. He is saving people who are agnostics. He is saving any person. He came to this world. He did not come to the sect, between parentheses, Christians. He came for God so loved. He loves you from any walk of life. And he says, call him. And Jesus is calling you. Call him. Jesus stopped in his track. In my Bible, I put that down. Jesus stopped in his track. He says, this guy, this guy is, is, he kept shouting and screaming, call him in. One thing happened. Instant cure. Instant cure. As we said, men could not cure him. The town physician could not cure him. He tries all kinds of cure in his situation. Nothing worked. And whatever medication he was still taking, if there were any medication or any herbs, they okay, could not cure him at all. And he came with a depressed life, confused life, disappointments from life completely, bankrupt from anyone else, and said, Son of David, I need my eyesight. In all humbleness, Jesus though asked him this question, and he's asking you this question today. What do you want me to do for you? I want to leave you with this. What do you want me to do for you? And what will your answer be? Christians, if you need encouragement, he wants to give it to you. If you need more strength, he wants to give it to you. If you need more faith, he wants to give it to you. He is the source of every good thing. Of every blessing. I'm not here to preach hell and brimstone. No. The gospel is love. But if we reject it, we end up in a life filled with hell and brimstone. Jesus is calling you because he loves you. Fifty-three years ago, he called me. And I came to him. And I never looked back. What do you want me to do for you? I said, Jesus, you know. I believe he was in tears. Finally, I met him. Jesus, give me eyesight. Jesus, Okay, I'm going to write you a prescription now. You go to Kaiser Pharmacy, which is closer to your house. 
and get some antibiotics there or some kind of a herb, a herb and take it. I'm so okay, six months down the road, call on me and we'll check it out again. Did he say that, huh? Uh, when you come to him loaded with your sins, blind and heavy loaded, and you have no other, depressed as he was, depressed, disappointed, all kinds of things, and above all things, total darkness. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. What do you think has happened then? This man saw Jesus the first time in his life. Saw people the first time. He started jumping up and down. Jumping, he says, why down, why down? You just go your way. Go back to your family. Go your way. Go your way. I want, I want to share this thought with you. You know, I wrote it down because I was almost forgot it. And Jesus continued. He continued going where to? Jerusalem. Between parentheses. As he was going to Jerusalem then, he is going to come and go to Jerusalem when he comes. He is, his feet are going to land where? On the Mount on Olive in Jerusalem. The capital of the Holy Land, which is Israel. And anyone who is going to say, we don't believe in Jerusalem, Jerusalem for everybody and anybody, I'm not trying to be a political man. I'm not going to guide you to tell you whether you belong to this party or the other party. No, I'm not preaching about that. I'm preaching about the word of God. He is going to land on Mount of Olives, which is in Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. As it were then, it's going to be now and forever. He is coming, he was going there, he died there, and he is going to come there. For and you we are going to rejoice when we are going to be coming with him to reign with him over this earth forever and ever. Where are you going? He said, I'm going. I'm going to pay for your sins and mine. I'm going to Jerusalem. And you know what he said? And, but you go your way. He said, no, 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 no. My life has changed. I'm not going to go my way. I am going to go your way. He followed him to Jerusalem. He went with him. He joined the crowd that were going with him. And this is... This is his life. He says, God changed my life. I'm not going to go. I don't belong anymore to the gate of Jericho. And when God changes your life, he will change it forever. He changed your directions. He changed your friends. He changed your acquaintances. He gives you a new life, a new family. And the family of God becomes your family. And that's immediately he didn't say, let me go back and say goodbye. No, not at all. Read the, the last, verse 52. And immediately he received his sight and began following him on the road. Would you like to follow Jesus this afternoon? Take him as your savior. He will open your life completely. He will 
chase out your darkness. He'll give you light because he said, I'm the light of the world. And guess what? And you, and I, I believe he stayed in Jerusalem with him. And he watched all the great tragedy that happened in this world. And he knew that Jesus will die and he rose again to be with him forever and ever. And he lived a completely new and blessed life. Would you? Would you heal the call? What do you want me to do for you? Let's bow our heads for prayers. You know your life. You know where you are. If I am speaking to someone today who is still struggling and looking for a solution, looking for a light for his path, Jesus will open this path, will open the light, will open your heart. You have to tell him only, Jesus Christ, son of David, have mercy on me. Come in total humbleness and ask him to take you and change your life and give you a new one. If there's someone who wants me to pray for him or her today, just lift up your hands and say, Adel, pray for me. I need this life. I need Jesus to change my life. Will you? Jesus is passing by, and it could be the last time. Take this opportunity. Grab, seize the moment, and start living a wonderful life for Jesus. If there's someone, just no one is looking. You want me to pray for you? Our Father, we ask you to help us to recognize that your mercy is still available and you want to save people and you want to change lives. May you do your will. May you save those who are unsaved today. Touch the hearts. Help us, Lord, to come like this man. I need my eyesight. Specific request. I need to be saved. Give us courage to live for you. And those who are saved, help us, Lord, to take the opportunity to spread the gospel to those who are around us. Bless your church. Bless each and every family. And we have many absent today, many sick, many at home, many traveling. We pray, Lord, that you bless them, be with them, heal the sick, and bring them back safely to us. Continue, Lord, blessing your church in the world and this little church in the valley. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you. And if you need to come and talk to me, ask me to pray with me. I'm available here. 
and we will go further. Right.